0: Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview Daniel Goldberger, whose artist moniker is Daniel Fields. Daniel is a talented songwriter having co-written for Weezer and recently has been on NBC's TV show, Songland. What is Songland? Three amazing chart-topping producers coach each songwriter to take their song to the next level. We dive deep into Daniel's journey and talk about the Songland process. If you want to find out more about where Daniel is playing next or what new song he is releasing, be sure to check out his Instagram, at danielfeels. If you want to watch Daniel's episode of Songland, it is episode three with kelsey ballerini and you can find it streaming on nbc.com or hulu i love the community aspect of this podcast and it was just so much fun to talk with daniel let's get into his interview
1: springsteen your guy i love i
0: love springsteen yeah oh my gosh like
1: like your elvis kind (laughs) of yeah oh my gosh he's so
0: good live yeah i i love spring yeah i love springsteen so much
1: yeah I, uh, he, he's like slowly become a gradually acquired taste for me. When I was a kid, I did not care for his music. Like yeah. I was like a kid, I was into metal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, you know, even if like the classic rock station was on like Springsteen was like not my jam, it was like, I could like get down with like Led Zeppelin and stuff. But then as I got o- older, I, I started to get it. And then, you know, I, I would hear so much about like what a an incredible, like marathon live performer. Oh my is. gosh! Yeah,
0: I saw him for the first time, like maybe four years ago now, um, with like a group of like my Michigan. I flew into Chicago. Uh huh. Um, and uh, with some of my Michigan friends, and because they're like diehard, diehard, like yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah. mean? Yeah, he- and and we like one like front pit and all that stuff. And wow. it was just, it was... Unreal. It was unreal. I was like... <laughs> and then, like, my friend Fotini, she was like, Jen, this never happens. And my friend Joel, too, that was there. And uh, she was like, you have, like, good Bruce karma. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It, it what was,
1: a... Yeah, it was so cool. Wow. I guess I got to see him. Yeah, you have to
0: see yeah. him. I think, like, probably next year he'll go and do another like stadium tour because he hasn't done one in a really long time. Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> yeah.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll stay on the lookout for it. <laughs> yeah. I, I know it's supposed to be I always quite love, the experience.
0: Yeah. I always love like getting like a group of people together to go to shows and mm-hmm. especially Bruce. I'm like, even if you're not the biggest Bruce fan, it's like, you have to you have to see him you have to see him live it's just like nothing it's like nothing else right it's like
1: it's like watching like the original star wars movies or something it's just like a rite of passage that like anyone who cares at all about culture has to like go through yeah i feel like i've heard so many stories about like his live sets like just different tidbits like you know, Max Weinberg, like, flying in, like, halfway through the set coming <laughs> yeah. from uh, Conan or whatever, yeah, uh-huh. like, with his, like, son playing, like, half the set, and then Max <laughs> flying in for the other half the set, and then just things like, you know, audience members requesting, like, any cover they can think of, and, yeah. and them just, you know, just rocking through it
0: it's true
1: yeah wow so So wild so wild i guess that's why they call him the boss
0: that's why yeah (laughs) um yeah what music influence like what music influence is did you have like growing up like if bruce wasn't (laughs) (laughs) if
1: bruce if bruce wasn't my guy um, no disrespect again to no, I any mean, no, Bruce no, fans. Like I said no, yeah. uh, slow slowly acquired taste. Um I I I now understand why he's the legend that he is. Um But wait,
0: wait until you see him live. Okay, okay. Oh, then man.
1: then I'll be converted. <laughs> Great. Yeah. Um Well, um you know, I definitely consider myself to be quite an eclectic music head, I guess. Um I definitely started my, mm, there there's a lot of starting points. Um I guess it depends how how dig we how deep we want to dig. Um I my first musical memory is hearing um Bell's Canon at my uncle's wedding. Okay. Um and I remember being um really just like even as as a very small kid i i must have been like 3 years old or something but like i i just have this picture in my head of of hearing that and it was like kind of a transformative experience and i just remember feeling something to yeah. the, to to the music i mean of course you know it's a wedding so there's you know an emotionally charged um element to that too but uh but yeah so that that was like kind of a a musical trigger for me that that kind of made me go to um uh you know we had like an upright piano um in my house growing up uh my and my grandmother had one at her house yeah she was a music teacher um cool and and uh i would just like go to the piano and just like try to like plink out the, the melody, I, and I, I distinctly remember trying to plink out Bell's Canon after, yeah after hearing that. So that was like, you know, kind of my first musical influence. And Ooh. then, um, my dad listened to like classic rock radio, um, introduced me and my brothers to like, yeah, again, like Led Zeppelin and, and Deep Purple, just like the radio stuff yeah. mostly. They I had a, a decent LP collection uh i remember like fleetwood mac yeah. You know, i mean rumors of course oh, um oh yeah so good that yeah that was like kind of my my parents middle ground like the the kind of rock and roll that like my mom also liked so i i also remember like putting on that that lp on our our jbl speakers and like dancing around the living room um to don't stop um uh
0: so did you start like playing piano then? Was that the first?
1: So kind of, I, I guess this, the story is that I started asking my mom to, to get me piano lessons, um, around that time where yeah. I was trying to plink out these melodies. Um, is plink a word? I don't know. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, a, it's I a think word. It is. It's a word now. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And, uh, And at first she was like a little hesitant, I guess thought, you know, maybe I was too young and so wanted to wait um, and said, you know, if you're still asking in a year, um, we'll get you piano lessons. And so then when I was five, uh, I think she did um, agree and uh, and started taking me to piano lessons um the funny thing is, is is once I started taking piano lessons and and you know they they give you like homework and like I, I remember there was like a book you had to like write right. things yeah. in no. I, yes. I did not care for that
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah I I just loved like feeling out melodies and and like uh-huh. noodling around and, and making things up um so you know she Kept me in in the the piano lessons for, for a few years. But I I was just not disciplined with the practice. You know, um, yeah, yeah. I, like I loved to play. Even though I had no like I had no technique. I had no uh-huh. idea. You know. I mean, I, I maybe had a little bit of an ear for it. I'm I'm not. I'm certainly was not like any kind of like, prodigy. But like I did just love to just to just mess around. Um, totally. So um I do remember like I had we'd have these composition competitions with my the the private teachers like teaching studio like okay. her you know would she'd have like recitals i guess every few months or so um and um she there would i think it was like annually she would do these composition competitions where we would uh, yeah, the students would, like, write their own piece, and and then, like, within each age, like, she had a pretty sizable clientele, I guess, and so she, there was enough people that, like, within the age groups, like, you, she would pick a winner, and so, um. Interesting, like,
0: I had piano lessons growing up, but, but like, there, there wasn't, like,
1: there wasn't like a composition, like yeah, you know. the, yeah. So I guess that was I guess I was lucky to have that. Um, the so what happened though was that I so again I just loved like messing around. Yeah. And um, but I had this like sort of you know I can kind of contextualize it now having like studied some jazz like it was almost like I had these like changes yeah. these like chord changes uh-huh. that I would like improvise over. And like, it was basically like this, I would do similar kinds of things the whole, you know, every time I would do it and I like the chords would always stay the same. It was like this, it was just like playing around the white keys in a minor key. So Uh it was like, just like A minor. And I think it was just like, I would just go like A minor, G major, F major, F major, G major, A minor. (laughs) And that was like, that was the chord progression. And then I would just sort of, I, I had these these like melodic themes I would kind of like riff on cool so I wanted to 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 submit that for this um yeah for this competition I wanted to submit this piece and I was like I can't write this down I don't know how to yeah. write this down also again like I didn't like like the discipline right. side of it yeah <laughs> so my my parents had a friend who was um was something of a composer like part-time composer and and he had um he had like he had like a midi setup um where okay. you would play you could just play the keyboard and and you know of course this is like standard stuff now but at the time it was you know this yeah was no, like the I, mid- took,
0: I took a, i took a class like, like, a like in college technology like, yeah like class and- connected to the computer. Right. And, yeah. Right. And stuff, so. Yeah.
1: Like I think, like, yeah, we actually, Danny and I both were in one in, in high school okay. like that, yeah. but this, you know, back in the mid nineties. And when I was just a kid, this was like still like wizardry to me <laughs> was like, yeah. you could play yeah. the keyboard and it yeah. would just like write out the music for you. Uh-huh. So, yeah. so that's, uh, that's what I did was, was my my dad took me over to this family friend's house and he just like recorded me playing on uh-huh. this MIDI keyboard. And then we just took that, you know, that like one run through. Of, of like the the midi performance and like printed out the sheet music that that produced <laughs> yeah. and so then I was able to submit that into this composition competition and cool. and, I, and I won for my age group that year although <laughs> I remember awesome. the teacher was like she was a little bit like a, a little displeased that I had to to use these these like technological means to to submit yeah. it but yeah. but liked it enough and and I guess liked my um enthusiasm enough about it to uh to allow it but um that's cool. yeah that's that's like I guess my the first piece of music I I remember writing I don't even remember what I I think I called it like that that the guy who who uh was recording me introduced me to the word opus he's like oh this is your first opus so so i was like oh cool so i think we just called it opus number one or something (laughs) by by daniel goldberger that's Um, great yeah
0: what was your like first band like you you were in
1: i guess i you know there were there were a few like kind of um
0: or project or however right. you want to describe it. Yeah. Right.
1: I was always really passionate about music. Um, after a few years of the piano lessons and not being disciplined about practicing, um, I kind of dropped off with them. And then I moved to play cello for a couple years, like in okay. the school orchestra. But I didn't really have an entry point to like playing the music that I really like listening to. I start, So I started listening to stuff like uh, we had this radio station called DC 101. Um uh I fell in love with the band The Offspring. That okay. was my first favorite band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um yeah. I think it was like it was around like their album Smash, which was like their their huge breakout yeah. album, like that that was still big on the radio. And then I remember my older brother, who was a big musical influence on me, got um, uh, their album *Ixnay* on the *Ombre*. The, okay, the following yeah. one, and then yeah, he yeah. like made a cassette tape yeah. of it for me. He would, <laughs> he did that a lot. So, um, so my older brother, like he got a drum kit at one point, and then he also, after a couple years of that, moved to like electric guitar. And I think I started to to gravitate towards that and I but like I I didn't play yet but I I just wanted to be in a band and so like I had a friend who played drums and I had a friend who was like starting to play electric guitar yeah. and I started like noodling uh sorry doodling different from noodling um, <laughs> yeah. doodling pictures of like yeah. m- the band I wanted to have called Crystal Skull okay because uh, I was into like you yeah know, Punk and and metal, I guess, at that age, and um, and so like I'd have these friends over, and we would like try to play songs, and I I said I wanted to be the singer, but I didn't know how to sing yet. But like, <laughs> but yeah, there there was like a couple times of of just having these friends over and just like screwing around, but it didn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um and then, um so yeah, but I think I called it Crystal Skull. <laughs>
0: oh my gosh
1: but but yeah it didn't 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 really last and then (laughs) um and then in middle school i think the same one of those friends who played guitar um we kind of kept trying to start something another friend like had a bass and again it was just a little more of the same like it got like a little further along where like you know we we like learned one like afi song Mm -hmm. all together or something and like played it in like this this friend Eric's basement, okay. I remember. And, and like, we, would, yeah, I remember like all through seventh grade, we'd like go over to his house for quote unquote band practice, but like nice. we just had no, no clue what we were doing. And I just like, again, I just wanted to be in a band, but I didn't like play, <laughs> yeah. like I didn't have like a keyboard to play in the band and I didn't play guitar yet. And I said I wanted to be the singer, but I, I think they, they were maybe, too nice to tell me that I didn't know how to sing
0: yet. Yeah, yeah. So
1: that was probably part of it. Um, yeah. Although I remember one of those, uh, one of those afternoons after school being, being at uh, that friend's house um, coming outside and uh, that was one of my early encounters with uh, Mr. Danny Parker. Okay. A friend Friend of the podcast. Yes. Um, and we, we weren't even friends yet but he lived down the street and, and I remember he, uh, he, he, Came around and he he knew the the guy who played who was playing bass and um, and that was one of my my first encounters with him so nice. so that was sort of fortuitous sort of foreshadowing of yeah. things to come I guess yeah um, so so yeah that thing fizzled out and then and then and then I finally did get a guitar um, after my bar mitzvah so I was okay. thir- so I was thirteen. My older brother again. He'd been he'd had an electric guitar. He'd had a drum kit. So I was like, getting excited about these things. And I think I finally realized, like, okay, if I want to play in a band, I think I might have to like play an instrument um, that works in a band. And <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not, you know, not good enough at keys or I or I don't know. There, it's again. I like yeah. the like the Offspring and Metallica. Like that was like a lot of what I was listening to. That's they didn't cool. they didn't have keyboards. Yeah. So, so. So, I guess it made sense to get an electric guitar, so I remember I, I spent you know when you have a bar mitzvah you get you get a lot of a lot of gifts like yeah, yeah its yeah. like a, a big thing um <laughs> uh, so so
0: did you so you bought a guitar so with,
1: I bought like... a guitar i was it was with the last little bit of my bar mitzvah money like okay. I'd spent like the lion's share of it on like God, I was such such a dumb kid. I I got like a TV and a DVD player and like a couple dozen DVDs for my bedroom. And I thought that's what was cool. And then, and it was only then when I had just a little bit of the money left, I was like, wait, maybe I should get an electric guitar. Yeah. And fortunately there was a kid at, at my middle school who was selling his Ibanez RG 120. Okay. Um, and for a hundred bucks I think and I bought that from him and uh and my older brother started showing me how to read tablature and um and then uh shortly thereafter started taking guitar lessons with an amazing local northern Virginia music teacher named Dan Leonard who I'm forever indebted to as um, my probably my favorite music teacher of all time I've had some great ones but but he was very formative And, um, and, uh, and yeah. And then I just got obsessed with electric guitar and I'd say that's when things really started to kind of open up.
0: After high school, like what was your journey? Like you went to New York for a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, Um, so briefly, so, so I started playing electric guitar, started playing in bands with, um, I mean, there's, there's a whole saga there with, with just a couple, few, (laughs) few different bands I played in through high school, ended up going to, um, um, to music school at George Mason University for a couple years. Um, uh, that was originally in part to stay in the band, one of the bands I was playing with in high school. Um, we wanted to, like, stay local. Okay. But then that band kind of dissipated um, by the time school actually started. Oh, man. So it was kind of a, yeah, um, ill-conceived plan. But, yeah. but you know, I, I tend to believe everything happens for a reason. But a couple of those... Guys from from that band still stay in the picture in, in the rest of my really? musical journey. Yeah. Well, including again, Mister Danny, <laughs> Danny Parker. Danny Parker. Um, what
0: band? So what was that, the name that of that band? That band was called
1: Free Money. Okay. Um and uh, uh it consisted of myself, um Danny, and uh our friend Amar Malik, who has okay. um become quite a legendary pop songwriter and yeah. um our. Good friend Zach Stein um, who is an incredible drummer but so so we had that band I I stayed in Virginia for a little while um, after that band kind of dissipated and what um, type of music my, was it what it t- was like progressive indie jam rock
0: okay <laughs> yeah
1: it was weird yeah we were, we were definitely like spreading our wings and like figuring stuff out um, I can tell you more about that. I was trying to quickly segue to the, oh, the no, New thing. Oh, no, no. It's thing, okay. But, it's um,
0: okay. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm interested in everything.
1: Okay. That. Well, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we started that band in high school after, um, Amar and Danny had, had a ska band with Zach's old- the, Z, Ska What's face? Ska face. Yes. Ska-face. Yes. So they had a ska band with, um, so it was Zach the drummer's older brother played trumpet in that ska band. And so, because Zach had the drum kit in their basement, um, they would practice there um, at at his house. And then I start, I knew Zach since I was like very, very young, we, we went to elementary school together. And then when I did start playing electric guitar, he started bugging me to come over and, and play music with him. And I was actually very shy about it at first, but he just kept, persisting and, and being like, like, no, just bring your guitar over. Yeah, like, let's, yeah. let's play together. And then we ended up, um, starting like a, a little, uh, a kind of, kind of fusion experimental <laughs> jam band. And we just, it was more of the same of like loving to, to, to noodle. Um, and, yeah. and so we would just like hang in his basement and, and, and just, just jam for hours. Nice. Um, And then and then Scarface would come and they would practice. And that was (laughs) totally Yeah, I know. It's (laughs) it's the best. It's it's the stuff of legends now. Um so so then um a couple of the guys in Skaface graduated high school, moved moved away for college and um Amar and Danny were still around. I think Danny was still in high school, Amar was going to like the local college and Zach and I were still in high school and our, our band had started to kind of drift and, and so, th- uh, some, so slowly we coalesced the four of us into this band Free Money um, okay. and I think that was a very like formative band for all of us again just like for, for Zach and I kind of pulling us more into like properly written songs mm-hmm. and then kind of doing the opposite for, for Danny and Omar. Um, you know, we kind of pushed pushed the envelope with them in terms of like, you know, I- improvisation and, and um, you know, progressive tendencies. I mean, they were kind of gravitating towards yeah. that on their own, but I, I, you know, I think that's why we kind of joined forces was it was sort of like the meeting point for us and where our musical inclinations were. So, yeah, so we had that band. We, we took it really seriously. We like recorded an album in, in someone's basement um, for like 500 bucks. He like recorded us for yeah. like an entire month. I mean, it was like the steel of a century. Um, and we made like a full length album and we like, we like did a weird little tour of, of like rural Virginia just to <laughs> nice. like get out there. That was booked by um, our friend David Silberstein, who is right. still to this day, uh, Danny and Amar's, um, songwriting manager. And, um, and still a great friend of mine as well. Yeah. And then again, you know, so then when I started college, then that band sort of started to to, um, fade and and I was like, okay, well, I know, you know, sure, I'm in music school, but like, I just want to play in a band. So that band's not working out, then I'm just, I'm going to learn to be the front man so that I don't have to be at the mercy of anyone else kind of thing. So that's when I started to take singing a little more seriously and writing my own songs um, and not just like being the guitarist in the band and that's when I finally did kind of learn to sing yeah so then I I was at the music program for a couple years and and I I, but you know all I again just I just wanted to play in a band Mm -hmm. and the the jazz professor there said I remember he was talking about Michael Brecker you know a very famous jazz Mm -hmm. saxophonist and um, he was saying like yeah, you know, if, if you really want to play jazz, you just you be, be like Michael Brecker, you know. He dropped out after 2 years of school and moved to New York to starve. Ha ha ha. ha. And <laughs> I was like I was like, "Okay, yeah. sounds like a plan." Yeah. So so I dropped out after 2 years of oh school and uh, moved to New York and and you know, was a, just I didn't quite starve, but I I you know, I mean, I never starved, but yeah. but yeah. it was Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I was, kind put of, up, like, but kind of, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I mean, kind of, yeah. it was uh, definitely it's trial and error figuring mm-hmm. out how to, how to make it, you know, playing music and, yeah. and, and did, surviving.
0: Yeah. How did you make your way out to LA?
1: So, um, after several years in New York, um, I, I got close to, um, two great, great producers, musicians, songwriters, um, and great friends of mine um, named Pat Morrissey and David Dahlquist. We started writing basically like pop instrumental tracks together, and we had a connection with a producer out here in LA who was a fan of of Pat's band, Um, and they'd released a song that was like getting a lot of attention around the industry, and the guy was like, I love your sounds, wants you to like Make some tracks for me to like make pop songs to, and I'd love it if there was guitar on it. And Pat brought me in to like start playing guitar and, and like pl- collaborating on these tracks. So we were like sending these tracks out to to this guy in LA, and they they started to like get some attention. Um, started to get like written to like like song you know yeah. songwriters would would be like writing to them, and and they were like yeah, it seemed like like there might be a future with that stuff. So we made a trip out to LA while we were still in, in New, New York. York. Yeah. yeah. So, so first the first trip, it was like we did like two weeks, I think, in like twenty fifteen. Okay. And um, so by this point, a lot of my Virginia friends had moved out to LA, and some of them were already doing big things in the pop music world. So I had this like this kind of friend crew that was was already you know, out here, um, doing their thing. And so aside from kind of having the the chance to, to sort of explore the LA music scene with these new New York friends, I was also seeing these old friends here. And yeah, those two weeks definitely kind of planted the seed. Still at that time was very, like, Feeling like I wanted to make more things happen in New York, I was very yeah. in in love with the phrase like, "If you can make it here, you can make it anywhere." <laughs> so I like really yeah. wanted to like yeah. to to try and elevate my career while I was still there in New York. But a seed was planted, and um, maybe a year or so later, I those Pat, Pat, and, and Dave, those two guys were were by that point very seriously. Talking about making the move, I had a few other close friends who I had been you know making music with in a few capacities in New York who who had made the move to LA mm-hmm. and so it started to seem like that was just kind of the, the the movement. So then it was in the summer of 2016 I had two friends getting married in LA about six weeks apart. Okay. And I was like, well, I want to be there for both of those weddings, but I don't know if I can afford that many flights. Right. But what I can afford is two flights and crashing on friends' couches for <laughs> yeah. for six weeks. Uh-huh. um And you know. That's kind of how it goes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I like got a new credit card or something for the trip to yeah. to <laughs> try and subsist for for that for the period six of time. Weeks. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I did that and I think it was like two weeks in. I like booked a couple shows with, um, So Far Sounds. Nice. Well, yeah, yeah, they were great. I, I did a bunch with them in New York prior to that and then connected with them here in LA. So like two weeks in, I played a show in Venice and it was just like, it was, it was just a blast. Amazing audience and at this amazing house and I was just like, I was like, this this is like way cooler than New York. I yeah. mean, that yeah, was yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. but you know, I was also like untethered from, right. from everything in New York. So it just felt new and exciting. And on top of everything else, I was like, you know what, maybe it's time for a change. And so <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I remember waking up the next morning after that show in the summer of 2016 and being like, okay, I, I think I'm going to try and make this move with my other friends and, and we'll, we'll keep doing our thing out here, um that's and so cool. then, yeah, so late late twenty sixteen yeah my my parents got rid of their old minivan and kind of offered it up to me and my brothers, and I was like, well, I'm thinking about making this move, so I'll take it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, packed all my shit up into the minivan and, and drove across country yep. and uh and here I am,
0: that's so awesome yeah how did so how did the songland come together? How did you? So how did you get picked, or how did how did that?
1: So there's some some parts about it that are still a bit of a mystery to me, to be honest. Okay. Um, because first I was contacted about the TV show The Four, which I believe is also on NBC. I oh, could be, The Four. Do you know The Four? No. I I don't know if it's still happening, but um, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I, it was.
0: I, lo and behold, I do watch The Voice. Okay. And I, do what uh, i mean and yeah. in now, but no i haven't it's, heard of it's in before. a similar
1: category yeah. um i think they had like dj khaled and i think megan oh. trainer were judges so i think early 2018 i want to say i was contacted about that and i just found out that the same guy who opened the show last night yeah he's uh, he's like been a casting so last agent. night.
0: Oh yeah, so last night um, at the hotel cafe there was a whole like songland showcase. Showcase, basically, pretty yeah, much a, for a, everyone a, that yeah.
1: Yeah, so a bunch of the songwriters from Songland, we just got together and and put together a bill of of a bunch of us and and um, just had a really fun night at at the hotel cafe. Um, it was awesome. An earthquake, <laughs> happened, an in earthquake happened, happened in the middle of Daniel's set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget. Um, <laughs> oh, God, that freaked me out. I was yeah. Like, ah. yeah, that was something else. So, yeah, so I guess that guy had reached out to me about the four and I was like, I had never thought I would do like a, a music TV show. You know, people used to like talk to me about like submitting to the voice in American Idol, just like people who would like see me perform. Yeah. And I and I'd be like, I don't think that's for me. Like I don't think that's where I see myself. Then I was reached out to about the four and I was like I was like, "Okay, well, you know, I, maybe maybe I should give this a shot. Like they're reaching out to me. Okay. Like yeah. here's here's a window." So I I think I like submitted like the forms that they asked me for and like submitted some music. And then I never heard anything back. And um and I wasn't really sweating it. I was like, yeah, I don't I, it probably wasn't the, the right, right thing, thing. Yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. and then and then maybe six months later somewhere in mid the middle of that year I I heard from a casting agency and they uh, yeah they just reached out about Songland and and I I hadn't heard about it yet I mean yeah um, but I, I guess my my walls had been broken down a little yeah. bit to the idea of being on a TV show. And, and um, you know, I wonder if, if kind of having been, you know, sort of uh, Open singled the, out yeah. also for, for the four, like maybe yeah. my, my name was kind of getting passed around to these casting agencies.
0: Interesting. So
1: yeah, so they reached out and I was like a little skeptical, but yeah, I talked cause,
0: to. Yeah, because I was like watching The Voice one night or something and then yeah. I saw the Songland trailer uh-huh. and I was like, wait, is that Daniel? <laughs> I was just like I that kind of looks like him. I don't know though. No, I
1: know. It's it's <laughs> look a little different on TV maybe. Yeah, yeah. I was like Yeah.
0: I mean, we we've only met like a few times like mm-hmm. through like before, but I was yeah. just like I think I think that's
1: Daniel. And lo and behold, it was me. <laughs> it was you. So yeah, they they uh yeah, they kind of put me through the process. I mean, they like I was trying not to think too much about it cuz i you know yeah i just my life is making music yeah. not being on tv right. per se
0: did you so did you like have to submit a bunch of songs or um yeah like...
1: initially they just asked for one or two um okay. and then they sort of like interviewed me about those specific songs i remember so so i sent two i sent like one like they give you like a primary and like an alternate and I submitted two that I'd written myself, both like entirely myself, and like had produced the demos myself because of the way they'd kind of submitted it. They were like, we don't want people with publishing, like who, so, you know, I've written, I've like done a lot of co-writing sessions, um, a lot of times with people with publishing. So I figured it was easiest just to submit stuff I'd written myself. And then they like Skype interviewed me and, and i was like oh this will be easy i'll just like be talking about like my background and they immediately start asking me about this the alternate song i'd submitted which was like a very dark and serious song you know about about like infidelity and suicidal thoughts basically (laughs) and i was like oh that's what you want to talk about okay i don't know how if i can talk about this song because i just didn't even think about it when i was like oh this is a strong song like right they'll they'll like it and sure enough they liked it yeah but i I never considered like oh i'm gonna have to talk about this
0: yeah yeah yeah, so
1: i kind of bombed that skype interview i like i just froze i locked up i didn't know what to say yeah um after it wrapped i guess they liked me enough to be like hey can we try that again and we'll talk about the other song (laughs) so 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 i was like all right i guess they knew
0: they caught you off guard or something
1: right right but and it was a bit of a vote of confidence like okay cool like I guess they want me and not just like specific right. songs, which was a cool thing to recognize. So so that was like sort of the initial screening process. And then I guess they liked what I was bringing to the table enough to include me in sort of the next round where they kind of sent out like a list of, of what kind of artists were likely to be on the show. And it was like a pretty broad range. They were right. like, you know, we're looking to have like a boy band. We've got like a couple country acts and like, we got like you know looking for like maybe even like a rap country crossover right, right so anything you know send us send us more music anything you got like that so I sent it I sent them like like eight more songs at that point I think and and at that point I did include some some co writes stuff like that I wasn't singing on you know I just thought they wanted good songs yeah um which they did so yeah it was that and and then they I'd be hearing periodically from them via email. So like, I guess I'm still in the running for this. It yeah. seems like promising. But, um, and then they kind of like drip, dip, dipped off from communication and they'd said they were gonna be filming in March. And it was like practically March at that point. So I'm like, all right, maybe it's not happening. Right, Fine, that's yeah. fine. Yeah. Like I said, I'm just trying to make music. My priority wasn't to be on TV.
0: Right, right, yeah.
1: But then one day I was like at a a writing session at the studio, and I get a phone call. And they're like, hey, can you be in Burbank in three hours? You're going to be on Songland.
0: Oh my <laughs> gosh, three hours. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness.
1: My initial reaction then was, um, cool, yeah, I'm in a studio session right now. Can I come after this this session? And they're like, uh, do you want to be on TV? <laughs> right. It's like, okay, let me wrap this up and okay. I'll get over there now. Okay.
0: Yeah. My
1: reaction was like, well, the whole purpose of this show is to be, they're trying to elevate you right. as a songwriter to be, you know, to give you more visibility as a songwriter, to give you success as a songwriter. And my feeling was, here I am at a studio session doing the thing yes. that you're trying to, like, put right. me on a platform to do. So so I had, like, a little bit of a internal conflict of, like, I, I don't want to, like, shoot my actual career on the foot
0: yeah. when, when yeah. you know
1: cuz I don't know what it's going to be to uh, to no just idea. be on TV right. like I don't know if that's going to be like you know the right move for my career but but um but uh, you know I I quickly made the decision like okay this is probably the kind of opportunity I don't want to pass up
0: Yeah no so. that's wow 3 hours <laughs> Yeah yeah, yeah so how, it was pretty short notice Yeah how so how long was the filming process total
1: or So it was um, not quite two weeks. So they okay. um, brought brought up to, to Burbank and they put us up in a hotel basically where, you know, they, that's where they put everyone um, who they brought in from out of town. Okay. You know, um, there were a lot of Los Angeles-based folks, um, obviously, because that's where, if, if you don't know, that's, you know, where most of the the pop writing world is yes. is kind of centered so yeah, a lot of people base. were already you know based here that were you know wanting to be on this show but they they still kind of wanted everyone to stay at this hotel as much as possible to sort of be at home base for when they'd bring us to the studio each day mm-hmm. um and I was like most days of the week we'd be doing something or other um it wasn't like non-stop filming but you know it was like it was like the first day we had like an orientation where they just kind of gave us the full rundown they like showed us like the the kind of short edit of like the pilot episode and they like um you know told us what artist we were going to be pitching for and which song they had chosen like i didn't even I, get, I didn't even know until, like, the day of which song they'd picked, and, and they only told me because I had to to get clearance from my co-writer on it.
0: Yeah. Um, were, you, were you nervous because it was, like, you know, um, it was like
1: having
0: to, like, perform in, like, such well, a, like a short, like, right. turnaround?
1: Well, I didn't know what was going on, you know, going into it. I was yeah. just like, oh, cool, like, I'll play them my song and like i don't know i cuz yeah. cuz i found out then that they were using a song that was sung by a girl to pitch to a female artist and yeah so i was like oh cool so like you know maybe we'll like we'll get the the girl to sing it like cuz it doesn't make sense for me right. to sing yeah. you know
0: yeah
1: and then i found out no we want you to sing it <laughs> and i was like oh, oh. shit yeah <laughs> Um, so then, I started to get a little nervous. Yeah. yeah.
0: So then you performed.
1: So then at I, the show. Yeah. So Just like. So they're like, "No, you're gonna sing the song," and I'm like, "Oh, okay, interesting." <laughs> and um, you know, I, I I I definitely felt funny about it at first. I mean, I had mixed feelings. I was yeah. like, "Well, you know, I I I mean, look, I love to sing. I do. I don't." consider myself, like, like an acrobatic vocalist right. or someone right. who's, like, you know, super technically accomplished um, right. in that regard, so, so the idea of, like, singing a song that was sung beautifully um, by um, Miss Annie Schindel um, on the original demo, the idea of, like, singing that n- n- not only for um, a world-famous yeah country pop singer yeah. and three huge writer producer heroes yeah but also for a national televised audience it was a little it was a little nerve-wracking i would have been
0: so nervous oh,
1: yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it was definitely like yeah. being taken out of my element in that way like okay you're gonna sing this song that was not meant for you to sing i i just knew i wanted to to be there, and you know, I wanted to do my best, and you know, I didn't really have much say at that point. I mean, I'd signed off on these contracts yeah. basically, and, and and. But
0: eventually, like when when Esther became your coach. Yeah. So
1: I mean, yeah. I, I guess I. How did I, that
0: happen? How, well, how so did they pick who who? Right. Like-
1: so I guess I, I guess I sold the song well enough that, <laughs> that I made it through the first round yeah um, I mean luckily the the song was really strong um, thanks in large part to um, my co-writer who really really is the genesis of the song Jackson wise um, um, you know we, we wrote the song together but he really brought the the beginning of the idea to me and we kind of that's, collaborated on developing it, and then cool. he brought in Annie Shindle to sing it the day after we wrote it, um, and cut her on the demo. And we had been pitching it around, and and um, you know it had gotten like a little, it had gotten some like kind words, you know, from like A and R's, but but yeah. it didn't seem like it was immediate. And like we'd had like an independent artist who'd like wanted to like buy the song outright, but it was like kind of a small small artist. We didn't, I don't know, it didn't feel quite right yet. Right. So then, Songland happened, and they wanted the song. It was like, okay, maybe this is where the song's supposed to go. So, so yeah, I guess they, I guess so. There were actually initially five people. Um, the show edited down to four. Okay. Um, but there were initially five, five. songwriters okay. on each episode. Okay. Um, and I don't know if they'd been planning to do that all along, and they just wanted to get like the best footage, or if they just realized it was just going to be too much too much to try and squeeze into an hour of television so it started with five songwriters and we came in and and all presented our songs and yeah I think it it is it's part as far as I can tell is is the mentors the coaches on the on the show they they decide which of which three of those five songs have the most potential yeah they all seemed to really like what what um, my song had to bring they it, it, it
0: it's a great song uh, thank I, you. I really liked it yeah. yeah yeah
1: I mean I think it's just like it's just fun and it's it's you know got got something that's just it's just just easy easy to, to connect with and and easy to sing along to and and so they they all seem to connect with that very quickly and and you know um, they they really what you saw on television was you know, very, very much edited, but, but still very, very faithful to what happened um when I performed the song. Was that they all kind of jumped, jumped in and started like playing around with it immediately. It was really, yeah. It was I really special. I love and, that. Yeah, I love yeah. that about
0: the show where they're just like, okay,
1: like this is yeah. lift. what lift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean or yeah. whatever. I mean they, yeah. they've all been, you know engineering pop masterpieces for For years years. so like (laughs) so so they you know so they have those instincts dialed in and and um so so yeah so i guess they just decided that it was one of the promising songs and and um uh i think in terms of getting paired with esther it's hard for me to say right. exactly what what yeah. the um,
0: what that process is like, right? Yeah. What
1: and what if anything I think they felt like it was was sort of an an interesting combination because I I think I I think also it has to do probably with with who they saw the other um, two guys being paired well with um, you know I think that um, uh, there's just a lot of common ground with, between Jack and Shane and then. Um, you know, Darius came in very strongly saying that, that, you know, Ryan Tedder was on his, his vision board.
0: Right. Um, Yeah, And I came
1: in really saying like, I was going to be happy to work with any of them and that I was kind of, yeah, you know, just, just wanted to do whatever was best for the song. Um, and then Esther was, was really great about sort of preserving what had happened in... The room with all four of them, with Kelsey and, and Shane and Ryan and herself, um, and the band. The band was part of that too. The house band was incredible. Um, but, um, you know, her first move, well, her first move was to say, hey, I think we're going to have better odds with this song um, if we bring in a female singer. And mm-hmm. she was like, I listened to the original demo. I love yeah. that vocalist on it, you know. I'm happy to bring someone in, but if, if you want to invite her, and I was like, yeah, of course I do. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, to me, it, um, Annie's voice was just such an integral part of the song and, and you know, she, her voice can sell any song. Um, yeah,
0: she has a great voice. She's
1: got an incredible voice. I mean, she's, yeah, an incredible talent, um, such an amazing career ahead of her, I have no doubt. Um, but um, yeah, so, So she suggested that and and then, so that was her first move. And then her second move was to say, let's do everything that we did in the room together with with everyone, with Kelsey, with Ryan, with Shane. Um, And then she just kind of came in at the back end and really like lifted up like the post-chorus melody. Mm -hmm. Um, And she just knew like how to to really bring that home. and, um, and then also helped with, with, um, some of the lyrical tweaking, um, yeah. and it was definitely like a process. It was not like, it was not like, okay, here's what it is. You know, right. it was like what they didn't show was, was a, a long day in, in the studio and, you know, where at first she kind of gave those instructions again to sort of like reproduce what had happened in the right. room. Yeah. And we did that, and then she sort of came in um, to the room later to to help with that with the lyrical rewriting, and 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 I and I brought in Annie to that session as well, so she was a part of that. Cool. Um, of the, the writing process and not just the performance. But yeah, we kinda went back and forth a little bit like Esther was like suggesting things that I think Annie and I were a little resistant to at first. We were like, well, do you, like, is this what's right for the song? You know, cause you get right. used to hearing it one way. Oh, totally. And it's a little hard to, um, you know, to adjust even if the person like suggesting these changes is a is a legend, you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but, you know, we kind of, pushed through it and, and, um, you know, tried, tried to, uh, to trust her instincts as well as just like try and talk about it, you right. know, and, and that's, that's the part of any good writing session, I think is like, you know, learning kind of what the meeting point is for everyone's tastes, I guess. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did with that. And then we, we brought it back to, to Kelsey and the judges and, um, and did it with Annie and, you know, I think, yeah, it definitely brought the song to a whole other level. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It was
1: it was fun to do. It was scary to do. Oh I, I bet probably it was, yeah. yeah. I oh mean my gosh. again, just the whole thing of being on national television. Three
0: hours. Definitely, three hours. I
1: mean, like, three hours uh notice. can you be here in three hours? Yeah. Uh yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I'd probably um prayed more that week than than i did my entire life yeah just like yeah Yeah. just you know just give me the strength not look like an idiot on television (laughs) you know
0: um what is your songwriting process like
1: oh man i don't know that i have a single songwriting process um you know i i mean i i've written songs in a lot of different ways um and sometimes by myself sometimes with other people yeah you know i i guess using crush as an example like the the original version of the song um i can tell you that that writing process was again that that jackson had brought kind of the seed of an idea yeah and that he wanted to develop together and so um it was sort of like i think we kind of started he he had the idea of like, what if, what if we do something, you know, just a little crush, just a little crush, and it was like just that. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's that's fun, you know, and then what if we went here, and then I kind of like had like a, a a melody to follow that. Yeah. And we kind of fleshed out that chorus, and then and then when we had like a pretty solid chorus, then we moved to the the verse. And we started with with just us and, and guitars and then I think I jumped on the computer and then and I made like the beat and the track Yeah. and then we kind of fleshed out the verse around that and then and then he jumped on and added some things to the track and then we cut like his demo vocal and he said he wanted to bring in I didn't really know Annie at this point, but he said he wanted to bring her in to sing it the next day, because when we cut the scratch vocal and it was like a male vocal, like it didn't, like it didn't at the feel end of right. the day, yeah. I like well, and he he had been thinking that from the get go. Yeah. But when we did it with 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 just the male vocal, at the end of the day, I was a little skeptical of the song. I was like, ah, eh, I don't know if I, you know, I I definitely when it comes to music move pretty intuitively, mm-hmm. so you know, I mean, for, for maybe that's part of where, like, the Daniel Feels moniker comes from, yeah. is, you know, going back to the, like, noodling on piano thing, right. like, yeah. it's, uh, it's just very much about what feels right to mm-hmm. me, and, and I've, you know, seen that with a lot of, um, my favorite collaborator, collaborators, is it's not always, I mean, Esther Dean's a great example, like, she's very, like, intuitive stream of conscious sort of creative and you know it's like you know kind of in your heart what's good to you um but you don't always know why or how to explain it like it's not always a matter of like yeah you know that intuition yeah it's really not always a matter of technical know-how I mean you know great music is is I mean it's it's so much about emotion and emotion is it's can be a very hard thing to define I think but um you know I think we definitely had like the bones for it and then and then it all kind of glued together when when Jackson brought Annie in the next day to to write that so that was how that song happened Um,
0: yeah
1: and I'd say there were things about that that are are pretty common in my writing um, process like I I definitely um, like to start ideas with guitar is is very common and then to then um, sort of jump into like building a track to kind of drive the the rest of it along. And like, that's, that's a pretty common process for me, I'd say. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Um, what keeps you going? What keeps you wanting to make music and create? What what keeps (sighs) like pushing you forward?
1: I mean, honestly, I just, I don't, I don't know what else to do, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, you do it so long and, and hard as it can be to, you know, make a life out of it and make a career out of it. You know, it's just, I just can't see myself doing anything else. Um, I can't, you know, see myself working in, in any kind of conventional nine to five in an office or anything like that. And, um, I just, I'm just obsessed with music. I mean, it's like, it's like any, any love relationship where yeah. you know i i definitely i i love it so much that sometimes it drives me a little crazy <laughs> yeah um you know but um i
0: love music yeah <laughs> no, I, I started
1: oh, the uh, well here we are here we yeah are. here we are <laughs> i love music yeah. you, you can you know what's the big yeah sample me the big, for your tagline yeah um,
0: what's um i mean i asked this to all oh my guests why do you love me like Going back into that. Oh, like, it's
1: it's part of that kind of just... uh, you know, mercurial uh intuitive thing. It's just I don't know, it just it moves me. It's like from that moment that I heard Paco Bell's canon. Um, yeah. you know, it it sparked something that, that for me nothing else does, you know. Um I you know, I it seems like I, I put it before everything else, before relationships, before my, you know, mental health is, is just music, music and and making music and being a part of music. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 uh, it's kind of inexplicable. It's, (laughs) um, it just, it comforts me when, you know, when I, I, I guess just as, as in a pretty emotional creature like when I've had heartbreaks or yeah. you know whatever have you it's like music that's that's gotten me through that and that's sort of given me uh, you know um, solace and, and sort of um, I guess th- therapy almost yeah. you know I mean you hear other people's experiences of heartbreak in songs sometimes lyrically or sometimes just musically yeah. you know that the the creator of that music felt something that that you can connect with and it makes you feel less alone I think that's a big part of it for me I mean there's so there's I mean music is so dynamic too you know I mean it can do that for you and it 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 can also be something to dance to it can be something to laugh to it can be you know something to make you think something to make you cry I mean Mm -hmm. it's just like it's the soundtrack to our emotional landscape and I think um, yeah just as an emotional creature that's that's my bedrock. Um, Do you have any um, tips
0: for songwriters out there? Anything you've like learned along the way that you are I, just working in music or you know, being a musician in general?
1: First and foremost, cliche as it sounds, I, you know, follow your heart like, and by that, I, I mean if there's music that you love, study, study what they're doing. study, study what the, the people that, that move you have done. Um, and, and I mean, copy it, you know, um, and that's your starting point. And then, and then as you, as you inform that with your own emotional experiences, then I think you'll find that creating your own new music will, will just happen as, as a, a natural process, you know? Um, but yeah, start by copying the music that you love. Start by... You know, if you love the Beatles, learn learn some Beatles songs. I mean, there's yeah. there's no better tutorial for for writing songs than than the Beatles catalog. I mean, my guitar teachers growing up told me things like, if if you want to play like so and so, then then learn to play like so and so, and that's your starting point. You know, yeah. if you want to learn to play like Wes Montgomery, you know, learn learn as many of his licks as you can. Um, but but always remember that, you know you're an individual with your own voice and at a certain point you have to spread your wings and and find that um so i don't know how specifically helpful no, that is right. no, but i, I think, think that's... i think that and and um on that same tack uh finding mentors um and finding people that that are doing the thing that you want to do within music and learning directly from them yeah personally you know i mean i've been really really fortunate um just uh, i mean really my whole life to have people around me who've you know sort of guided me at different points musically i mean um you know my, my my grandma though she never like directly taught me to play music you know she would say simple things like like oh you're having trouble learning that piece like Try doing it slower, learn it slow first, slow yeah, down, yeah, like, take the metronome, slow down the metronome, yeah. learn it slow, then you can speed it up, yeah. which is like a basic you That's, know music learning technique, but having right. someone there to 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 remind you to do that, and then you know, as I got older, I mean having my brother you know kind of show me the first little things to do on guitar, and then having like my camp counselors show me how to play yeah. the pentatonic scale on guitar, having a great guitar teacher showing me all kinds of things on guitar, then having you know, friends who were who were writing songs before me, you know, Amar and Danny, yeah. uh, my friend George, who's an incredible lyricist, was someone who, like, showed me, like, the magic of great lyrics. I mean, he's a huge hip-hop head, and he, like, brought me to all that. And so, like, these guys all kind of informing my... um my, my musical journey, um, you know, be, me learning to produce has been from yeah. from being around other great producers that I've just been really fortunate to be in the room with. So yeah, finding those mentors I think is key. And I guess so I guess good. Songland kind of puts that yeah uh, at the forefront. Uh, at the yeah, forefront is, yeah. you know I mean I I I did learn so much from Esther. Um, you know, uh, I mean everyone kind of had their unique experiences working with the different producers on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but yeah, we, that's I know, so I know for certain we all learned something.
0: Um, what's next for you?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> you're, you're playing right now. In, you're playing um, in, you're playing what's in next for me is I'm, I'm going to and... go home and finish the new <laughs> season of stranger things. No, yeah. Um, I just started. Oh on, my God. Episode it's, one. Yesterday, yeah. Well, so. You're in for a treat. I think, I, I, I think I was left off like halfway through episode six <laughs> already. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm gonna do that and then um from there, who knows? Yeah. Um no, i I uh I I my my musical my musical life is, is um, you know, growing in a few different directions, a few branches of the tree yeah. sort of spreading in a, a few ways. I'm I'm lucky to play as part of Model Child again with Mr. Danny Parker. <laughs> yes. Um and um, you know, I'm kind of along for the ride on that. He's got all kinds of plans. We've got um at least one show um, for certain on, on the books, uh, uh, late late in the summer, uh, we're back at Moroccan Lounge. Um, cool. So we're looking forward to that. I think a couple of the guys are doing some traveling and working with some of their other projects throughout the summer. So it um, might be a little light on yeah. upcoming shows. You just for...
0: released like a single.
1: Yeah. So um, the same week at Songland, so it, they released um, our song Crush with Annie Schindel singing the featured vocal. Um, So in addition to that release happening, a producer I'd collaborated with, um, uh, he released a a song that we'd made together um, called House on Fire. So that was released. Yeah, I have um, kind of a catalog of of my own music that uh, that I'm looking forward to to releasing some singles from um, in the near future. And then um, a few other Friends projects I'm, I'm lucky to be helping to produce and, and just awesome. seeing what I can do with them. Um, That's great. Uh, yeah, um, work with another local artist, uh, G Smith, um, who's uh, an old friend and amazing artist, both visual and musical. Um, I, uh, always kind of, um, helping, um, the production and, and writing with her Ooh. projects. So she's got, um, an EP plan. I've been working with a couple, um, pop artists, um, recently doing some writing and nice. producing. i um, really excited about, um, my new friend Colton Dixon. Um, he may remember from American Idol some years back, okay. but, um, he, uh, he's working on his, um, first record with with Atlantic and um, we've written some material for that that sounds
0: like you have a lot of good yeah like I said a lot of a lot of branches from
1: (laughs) uh growing in a lot of directions so so yeah just just you know just always trying to make stuff and and trying to do bigger things and and make music that We'll reach as many people as possible, and hopefully enlighten people's lives and and make people happy. And you know, that's so good. Yeah.
0: Well, I really appreciate you being on the show today. Well,
1: I really appreciate you having me on the show. It's been a lot of fun. I feel like I've learned some things about myself. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Great. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks again to the Bang Ups for the theme music, and to Daniel for being on the show. This has been the I Love Music podcast with Jen Fedor.